This is a HeadGum Podcast. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. If I were you, I'd write an email to these two coy Jews. Would I work you if I were you? If I were you. All right. Whoa. That sounded so Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> that was very pop punk uh, grunge. It Seattle, was. It yeah. was. Yardley, are you a are you a pop punk gr- grunge fan? No, did that, I'm, did I'm that a, resonate? I'm a closet hair metal fan. Oh, really? Uh-huh. So that was close enough. I hope maybe. Uh, not load not, up another it's, theme it's song. The of, it's like the next um, incarnation of rock. Like you had hair metal. Actually, it was a very short period of time, and then it morphed into grunge and much more progressive stuff. Yeah, and then where yeah. did you land on that timeline? Um, well, I'm 54, right? So I, my, I love my 80s rock. Yeah. And my, um, but I, I, I recently discovered somebody said, okay, Yardley, if you're to put together a list of, you know, 10 songs you can't live without, what would it be? And everything's in a minor key. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very emo list <laughs> with a little bit of Aretha Franklin. Oh, that's nice. Which yeah. is also now dark. Yeah. Mine is yeah. all dashboard yeah. confessional. Oh, that's cool. So you would love <laughs> that opening theme song. It was actually written by a guy in a band who's a full-time producer audio engineer named Brandon Peralta. His website is brandonperalta.com, and he runs Blockhead Gaming. I guess he's not part of a band. He's part of a YouTube channel. So thank you, Brandon Peralta. All right. Awesome. And thanks to Yardley Smith for being here. What an honor. Th- thank you for having me. I'm I'm so amazed that you get a new theme song every show. <gasps> They're not all winners. They're not all that good. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not only one for a show. We end the show with a different theme song. That's unbelievable. I don't know what we were thinking. What an incredibly engaged audience you have. They Thank are you. way more talented than us, for the most part. <laughs> it's not what I said. Yeah. But, but it is what you meant. What yeah. <laughs> Lock the door. I can always read the undertones. <laughs> That's uh, we, we usually save the uh, the plugs for the end, but why don't we just get right into it? Why the hell are you here? What are you What are you talking about? It's not The Simpsons. I think enough people watch The Simpsons. Uh, You're good yes. there, right? Uh, we're good. We can talk about The Simpsons, though. I feel like if I you can't really have me on a podcast or something that's mostly auditory because sometimes they film podcasts and not have me do Lisa Simpson. Wow, that I was afraid to be... ask, but <laughs> everybody's afraid to ask. But <laughs> you can't not do it. It's just 
It wouldn't be right. It wouldn't be right. It would be criminal. I'm just going to throw my favorite quotes at you throughout the year. I'm playing it very cool, but Simpsons (laughs) raised me. I didn't have much parents growing up. I have just VHS tapes of recorded Simpsons episodes. You could do worse, dude. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. He's got two loving parents. He just chose the Simpsons. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, we'll get to you recording our voicemails later. But. Okay, you'll be sorry because people would just call and hang up. <laughs> because they're taking the hear the voicemail and go like, "That's so fucking cool." And then, yeah. All right, I'll save my ten hundred thousand Simpsons questions for later in the show. Uh, but what you're doing a podcast now? Yes. Yeah, so we have. I have a true crime podcast that I um, amazing called Small Town Dicks. That's funny. Which is an amazing title. <laughs> and I actually did um, I did a, a morning show the other day, and they weren't allowed to say dicks oh. on television. Even I said, though it's well, private eye? I mean, that's, see, that's what I said. I said, if you don't think of it in terms of Me Too context, yeah. but rather in terms of the noir slang in 1940 for detective, then you can say dicks. And they're like, no, he's, no. We can't, we can't say, say it. it. You can say whatever so, you want on our podcast. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, that, and that was the... Um, we'll bleep it out, but you can say whatever the, you want. <laughs> Fair enough. Probably best, anyway. So Should you it, just, like, edit my sentences together with about every fourth word? Yeah, no. So we'll just, we'll ask you a question, and I'll edit to you saying dicks, dicks, yeah. dicks, dicks, <laughs> which might actually be the answers to a lot of these questions. Uh, but is your true crime podcast, your true crime podcast, a nonfiction? Oh, yes. Uh, all of our um, cases are told by the detectives who investigated them. Cool. Wow. Which is, uh, especially for podcasts, is a, a real point of difference. You get that a lot on television, much more. Yeah. Um, and so we, I co-host with my best friend, Zibby Allen. Who is she on The Simpsons? She's not on The Simpsons. Huh. She's just... Why are you what friends a waste. with her? Yeah. I just, <laughs> don't you know none of the people on The Simpsons socialize? Oh, oh, is that true? Yeah, that's why we all still get along. No, that's <laughs> good. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, but it is true that we actually don't really hang out together. Oh, right. You guys record separately, right? And some no, people we even record, record from all home? together. Oh, really? Yeah, like a like an old radio play. That's amazing. That's yeah. You, do, like you crank it out in 22 minutes. Mm. And then... <laughs> Plus yes. commercials. No. <laughs> <laughs> it takes eight months to animate one episode. What are they taking so long? Because I feel like I can I can crank one out in at least six weeks, probably. eight weeks. And that's I just mean, me. If you don't draw with your toes, yeah. probably you could go a lot faster. You <laughs> and know? The, and they know. got a whole team of animators, I'm assuming. Yes. And a lot of it is reusable, right? The uh, Well, now we went to computer animation in, uh, I think it was season 12. And... Um, the thing it didn't actually speed anything up as i understand not really you can it made the backgrounds easier oh i see which was good and it gave you instead of you know 64 colors you got a, literally a million colors the first simpsons were only 64 colors something like that whatever the whatever the standard um, spectrum for colors was in animation wow. from forever until season 12. Oh, my gosh. It was that. And then they went to computer animation. Of course, you could have, you know, the most granular little slices of the same shade. Right. So, um, but, in t- but they still hand draw a lot of stuff, and especially if, you're, if they're doing a Halloween episode, which is all the backgrounds are different, all the clothes are different. Yeah. There is no... 
um, cut and paste, slap it on, you know, like paper dolls. It's not like that. Yeah. I, I just want to ask you Simpsons questions. Yep. Anyway. Uh, uh, chill out, We can mix boy. them in. We can mix them in. All right. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll pepper them in throughout. This, this is not just a Simpsons Q&A. No. Uh, but the Small Town Dicks, uh, is you're doing a full season? You're doing two seasons? Yes, we're, we just launched our third season. <gasps> um, our first, we're only a year old. Wow. But we had, our first season had, um, I think it was 14 episodes, and we released them once a week. Our is each episode a new yes, crime? Yes, a new case. Got it. And uh, we have a, several recurring guests, um, several recurring detectives, but the other two co-hosts of the podcast are identical twin detectives named Dan and Dave. Really? Who are both detectives in the same precinct Dan in the and same Dave. town. Yeah. Private eyes. Brilliant. It's so brilliant. Dan investigates uh, violent crimes, and Dave investigated uh, sex crimes and child abuse, and he just was actually promoted to sergeant, so we're pretty happy for, oh, for wow. that. Oh, wow. I was totally imagining there's like a case of a missing chihuahua or some like sort of silly crime. Oh, no, no. These are like, these are This is real. hardcore, and, and the, the funny thing is, is that the name was, we thought there would be a much more levity in it, because Dan and Dave are actually incredibly funny, and there's a fair amount of gallows humor that goes into these law enforcement professionals processing their day-to-day, because how else could you yeah. survive, right? seeing the worst of humanity every time you leave your house. Oh, my gosh. Um, and so, and then we got into it and we realized, oh, no, it's it's much darker than we anticipated. And in order to give these cases and the victims and the whole scenario the reverence that it deserves, um, meanwhile, we still we were stuck with our names, Small Town Dicks, <laughs> which we still really love. Even, even the acronym is bad, STDs. Oh, like, wow. Yeah, so we call our fans the Small Town Fam. Nice. And they really are fantastic. We have over 700 five-star reviews on iTunes. Holy cow. Like, they're so active. That's awesome. And, uh, and we, Zibby and I decided, so Dan and Dave would tell us these stories about their day-to-day, and Zibby and I, on, you know, one sort of, tipsy uh, vacation where we were, Zibby and I were with them and we were all just sitting around and we were all a little tipsy and we're like, well, this should be a podcast. And then That's how every week, podcast That's does. what I've heard. <laughs> Everybody says that. I'm funny. I, got, I could have a podcast. Right? I got drunk and I started a podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what did I do last night? You check your iTunes. Oh, no. Eight yes. reviews. Oh, God. <laughs> so we, then six weeks later, we were like, yeah, we can do this. And so we, of course, had no idea what we were doing. And we decided we wanted it to be highly curated, sort of like This American Life. Mm. As opposed to more free form, where Zibi and I do most of the talking, we're like, no, no, we want the case to um, be the star, and and it and it's it turned out to be incredibly fascinating to hear how these detectives get from A to Z. Like when you read it in the paper or you hear it on the news, you get, you know, a dot. You get the, not even barely the tip of the iceberg. So to hear the investigation from soup to nuts and, and all of the obstacles and all of the boxes you have to check yeah. in order to do it right so that you haven't violated anybody's rights so that your case, if it goes to trial, stands up in court, all of those things, it is... Um, it's a lot of heavy lifting. Have you found that it's similar to like what we see on TV? Like is True Detective accurate or is it like, no, that's a glamorized version. Um, a lot of it is just paperwork. And It's a lot of paperwork, which is incredibly 
just exciting. I mean, oh, I love paperwork. Like, <laughs> but you know what really floored us was how long it takes to get DNA results. How long does it take? It could easily nine months. Oh, really? Easily nine months. And wow. you could be the guy or the female detective who's like, no, you don't understand. This guy will rape again or this guy will kill again or woman if we don't f- get these definitive results. And the DNA lab, now that we rely on it so heavily, is so backed up at a lot of states, not California because we have huge metropolitan areas, but a lot of states that um, aren't as populated as we are have one DNA lab for the entire state. Oh, my what God. What the heck? You can the animate a Simpsons st- in less than it takes I to mean, analyze DNA. Yes. You know what? Give me the DNA next time because I really feel like I can do it in you four to six s- weeks. You have an overconfidence <laughs> issue. You think in six to eight weeks you can animate an episode of The Simpsons and and do DNA analysis? Probably How hard is it? It's A to T and C to G or something, right? And I feel I like once you figure that out. I just, you know. Did Lisa the vegetarian feel as important <laughs> When you were recording it as it was when it came out. And did you meet Paul McCartney and Linda McCartney? No, sadly. So that show was, uh, David Merkin was our showrunner at the time. And he actually went to their farm. I believe they have a farm in Surrey, England, or they used to, where they also have a recording booth. And David went by himself. I was not invited. (laughs) I was really, really disappointed in that. And I think it was definitely after the fact that I learned that both of them insisted they would only do the show if Lisa remained a vegetarian for the rest of the length of the series. Wow. And so when I heard that, I realized that that was significant. And to their incredible, their enormous credit, the writers have held to that. And occasionally they put Lisa in a situation where, like we had an episode a couple of years ago where she was, she ate bugs and she didn't know if that meant that she was going back on her vegetarian, yeah. you know, her lifestyle. She thought, is that cheating? Because they're not really animals. <laughs> right. I, think but even, I think even vegans give you a pass on, yeah. on straight up bugs. Uh, oh, they do? I think so. Because you don't I'll get a that. pass on butter <laughs> is this, yeah, as a vegan. Yeah, no. Or eggs. Boo. Or beef. That. You can't even have lamb. You can't. You can't even <laughs> eat the small ones. <laughs> you kicked a dog on your way to work. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't eat him. <laughs> Wait, is that, is that the You're level? You're chewing a cattail. <laughs> As a joke. For Yardley. Oh, hey. Uh, all right. I searched I searched our email um, account for The Simpsons. Maybe someone had a Simpsons-related oh, question for Do you for, think? And there were, there were a few that came up. This one was my favorite. Um, <laughs> we give these people fake names just to preserve their anonymity. And this is a 20-year-old That's girl. That's what we do on our... True crime podcast. Oh, really? Yeah, we change all the names and we never say the places and none of the detectives, we never say their last names. Oh, that's smart. So this is a 20-year-old girl from Melbourne, Australia. Do you have have a fake name just so we can refer to this lady as something, anything, maybe a name from your life or if you want to make one up? Oh, for her? Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, how about Penelope? That's good. That's pretty. Penelope (laughs) writes... I'm a 20-year-old girl from Melbourne, Australia, and I'm a huge Simpsons fanatic. I have all the DVDs, own countless items of Simpsons clothing and jewelry, and used to do a Simpsons quote of the day on my social media. I also create Simpsons art at Homer J. Simps on Instagram if you'd care to check it out. Anyway, I started a new class at uni, and I didn't know any of my peers. I was okay with this because I make friends quite easily. (laughs) I have attended this class three times, each class being three hours long, During this time, some of my peers have noticed my Simpsons obsession. This resulted in a particularly loud-mouthed guy starting to call me Simpsini. I was okay with this because I thought it was funny. 
However, recently the rest of these circle jerk and divas in class have oh. taken to name calling a little bit too far. I've even been called El Farto. It's pretty funny. <laughs> I barely speak during this class, and none of these people know me very well. I've stopped wearing anything slightly Simpsons related no. to this particular class. I have this class again in a few days, and I feel like ditching. So, Amir, how do I stop this na- name calling? She wasn't asking me. No, they assume you haven't been ridiculed in your life. <laughs> yeah. Do I stop going to class altogether or risk failing the subject? You can put me on blast, make me feel bad about my past, but help me get through this class before I kick yo damn ass. Thanks, love, Penelope. So that uh, Penelope is in a quandary. She's too much of a Simpsons fan, if you mm. can believe it. How I'm cool sh- for her. She had no idea that Yardley Smith would ever be on our podcast. <laughs> we waited for this one moment. <laughs> this is this is so really... Lisa herself could answer it. Um, I'm, I'm sure you've experienced Simpsons fanaticism beyond what this is. Just and, like a few pieces oh, yes. of jewelry, clothing, and some DVDs. Oh yeah, I've, you know we've, we've seen full body tattoos. I have a great story of a waiter who I was in Vegas um, a few years ago used to make shoes in Italy. I had a shoe company for five years. And wow. There are two shoe shows a year uh, in Las Vegas. And I ordered room service and the waiter <laughs> showed up and I was by myself. And he goes, oh, my God, I, I knew it was you. And already I'm like <laughs> oh on no. high alert. Oh, no. And he says, I saw the ticket come out and I saw your name. Oh, no. And I said, I'll take this order. So he comes, he brings it up, right? Brings me my club sandwich, puts it down on the table, goes, I just have to show you something. And he starts to pull up his pant leg. You assume it's a gun? And <laughs> I thought Lisa was a like, vegetarian. <laughs> How dare you? You're supposed to stay in character for Paul. <laughs> for everyone, all the time. And he has Simpsons tattoos all the way up his calf and his shin and like little things like um, yeah. the, the nuclear statue. power plant. Oh, that's and cool. Um, Lisa and her saxophone and Homer and various things and all the characters and he starts to pull his pant leg up higher and high. I'm like, okay, you could stop at the knee. We're good. Yeah, That's good because <laughs> it was going to go on and there yeah. were outlines and more I things. believe you there are more tattoos. Yeah. I think there's a Krusty the Clown somewhere you. in the middle there. There, I saw a guy with Krusty the Clown tattooed all over his chest and his belly and his Krusty's belly button was his belly button. Krusty's Whoa, belly button. Dope. Yeah, that was a lot. <laughs> That's just a lot. Anywho, that's, uh, that's the one tattoo I think you would get. A a Simpsons Simpsons I was thinking of getting a Millhouse on my butt. What? Oh. Yeah, I like I like Millhouse you do? a lot. Yeah, I like the way he looks, the way he talks, the way he acts, and so I th- and you know as a glasses um, guy with yeah. blue hair, blue hair myself. <laughs> I was like, oh, if I ever get a tattoo, it would be fun to have Millhouse. Millhouse could take a few pointers from you yeah. to be a little bit cooler. Maybe Lisa Simpson would actually give him the time of day. That's right. Thrill House. Or um, poor Ralphie Wiggum, maybe. Um, he's lost. He's getting, my, my cat's breath smells like cat food, is what Ralph Wiggum says. Do you do any other voices on the show? I do um, an old woman named Mrs. Glick. Once in a while, although they have killed her off and resurrected her, I think just to have a laugh at my expense because it's pretty terrible. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. Anyway, uh, back yes, to this Penelope. Lady. Her That's life right. hangs in the balance. Penelope, what should you do? I, is well, you definitely shouldn't give up the course and succumb to peer pressure. No. Um, I guess I feel like uh, so she says she hardly talks in this class, and people are just ganging up on her. That's such a hard place to be. I was, I mean, I certainly had my fair share of bully encounters when I was a kid. Um, Where did you grow up? The Washington, mean streets D. of D.C.? I did. <gasps> was it as dangerous as it sounds? Uh, 
I think pockets of it, you yeah. know, but not where I lived. I live in a Chris nice middle class neighborhood. But I did take three city buses to school. Wow. It's just a different time, you know, and your mom wow. would send you out to play and she, we had a cowbell. She would ring the cowbell when it was dinner time, and that meant get your ass back in here and it's oh, time for dinner. Wow. But you just were gone for it's hours classic at Americana. a time. Yeah. <laughs> I that. And then other mothers got cowbells, so you had to actually learn to distinguish your own. Mm. <laughs> which was a lot, I felt like a lot you like being a pet. You find yourself wandering up to strangers' houses. <laughs> Shit. Shit. Sorry. Oh, dinner. My mom has that. Uh, just give me a meatloaf and we'll call it a day. Uh, so do you think this, this girl should embrace it? Do you think she should maybe stop wearing as much Simpsons or lean into it even more heavily? Tell them, tell the haters, go get F the crusty tattoo. Yeah. Kick it up a notch. I like the El Fardo nickname. Maybe she can embrace it's that. It's so hard. Somewhere. I mean, I think if you, it, cause you don't want to not lean into your passion altogether and acquiesce to the people who are giving you a shitty time, right? Yeah. You don't want to feel like they won. Yeah. But at the same time, you don't want to be so isolated that um, you are just, you really are isolated. I don't know. Help me out here. What do you do? It's kind of tough because like almost no matter what you do, you did because you were getting bullied. Right. You either double down and you have more Simpsons stuff. Right. Or you... Stop stop dressing up altogether, but like either way, the bullies chose the course. Or maybe you do just like don't break stride at all. That's right. Living well is the best revenge of the nerds. So you keep it going, you embrace it, you don't let it get to you. What is name calling? Name calling is so bad, but what is it? It doesn't matter. It's just words, it just sounds. And I feel like if somebody like I if somebody calls you a name and it irks you, then I always feel like there's something inside of you that feels like they might be right about that. Because, right. for instance, if somebody says to me, <laughs> Yardley, you're you're really not that smart because I didn't go to college, right? Uh-huh. Me either. Then cool. I just feel like... Oh, you guys just missed a fist bump. <laughs> <laughs> I just That doesn't land on me at all because I feel like I, I'm pretty life smart and I have certain strengths in... Um, academics in some places and not in others and I'm okay with it. So that insult will never get you anywhere with me. But if you say to me Yardley, um, you're not that pretty, then that was always an area that I was really, I was very much in doubt about for most of my life. So that would make me go, oh shit, oh god, okay, what do I, what do I look fat? And then I would start to, so if there's something about um, them saying that she's a nerd or a dork for loving The Simpsons so much, then I wonder if there's just some tiny piece of Penelope that makes her feel as though she should have other interests, which is absurd. Yeah. Don't let don't let the haters win, Penelope. Don't let the, hater, the haters win, Penelope. And don't let them win Yardley. I assure you, you're prettier than you are smart. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful and dumb. Ow, that hurt. That was such a backhanded compliment. Thank you. No, that's just the name of Jake's autobiography. <laughs> Um, one last thing on Penelope. I think that I feel like um, you touched on this too that she doesn't talk a lot during class. So maybe if she just doesn't let these guys affect her and she just starts talking more during class, they'll one find something new to make fun of her for, mm-hmm. or realize that she's like more like she's got bigger interests than just the Simpsons, and then they can talk to her about those things. But yeah. if she's quiet and wears Simpsons gear. There's not really anything for people to react to. Yeah. If they're like looking to react to something. Jake saves the day. That's uh, 
is not the classic that way was that it amazing. goes. So you do listen to this show. That's so well. That's so good. <laughs> uh, all right, let's answer some more questions. But okay. first, I want to take a break. Thank some sponsors, and we'll be back with more questions and answers with Yardley after this. Thank you to Squarespace for sponsoring this episode of our show. Indeed. Indeed. Simply put, it's the easiest way to create a professional-looking website. Couldn't agree more, bud. That's it. Yeah. That's the tweet. <laughs> um, no, they do have a lot more than that. It's, uh, right. it's a, it's, they have 24-7 award-winning customer support. They have very simple drag-and-drop technology. You can code. You can design mm-hmm. a professional-looking website without knowing much about how the internet works. You can sell. You can launch and sell product from Squarespace. Yes. That's right. You can even... Purchase a domain name through Squarespace. For example, Jake, what can people purchase? Boneheader.com. Boneheader. It's like... Interesting. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if you're a boneheaded person, but you're doing a boneheader of a move. You know what I mean? What about fitnessnah.com? So it's sort of like a relaxation technique mm-hmm. slash way to say damn the man with regards yeah. to fitness. It's a movement about not going to the gym. Fitness. It's nah. a it's an anti movement, really. Oh, it's a non movement movement. Is anti movement yeah. one? Anti movement. Uh, I'll like have it to be. check it out later. Actually, let me look right now. Anti movement.com is not available. Don't yeah. buy that one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't. But so it's fitness more of a fitness nah. <laughs> yeah, it's more of a fitness <laughs> nah thing. Yeah. Uh, Squarespace AI also is a great way to kickstart or update written content on any website. They can generate instant personalized results that know and show your brand identity. Pretty cool there too. Incredible. So the way to get in on this action and uh, launch your own website soon enough Mm -hmm. is to go to squarespace.com slash segments. Segments. And when you're ready to launch, you use that coupon code segments at checkout to save 10% off their already low, low prices. Beautiful. Again, check out squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash segments to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Thanks, folks. Thanks, Squarespace. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode of our program. Hell yeah. Thanks, BetterHelp. Jake, I don't know if you know this, but we sort of all carry around different stressors, Mm -hmm. big and small. Yeah. No, I've heard of that. Yeah. I've heard that. I've heard some people do that. And if you're anything like me, you just sort of keep it bottled up inside and never Mm -hmm. complain or talk about it to anyone ever. Very deep, deep, deep down. Yes. You put on a facade, as they call it. Mm -hmm. Yes. And And a masquerade. Mm-hmm. But when we do that, it starts to affect us negatively. It's not healthy. It's not good. That's why I use mm. therapy, which is a safe space to get things off your chest. And there's no better way to use therapy than with BetterHelp. Ah, very nice. So if you've been hearing a lot about therapy and you've been wanting to give it a try, but you don't want to, you know, go through the hassle of finding a therapist, driving their awkward waiting rooms, give BetterHelp a try because it's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suitable to your schedule. Perfect. You just fill out a brief questionnaire, mm-hmm. you get matched with a licensed therapist, mm-hmm. and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Ooh, love it. It helps to get things off your chest. It helps to talk about it. Right. So get those things off your chest with BetterHelp. That's betterhelp.com segments. You go there and you get 10% off your first month. Ooh, all right. Segments, folks. Yes. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash segments. Segments. To get matched with your therapist as soon as possible. And if you use that coupon code by going to betterhelp.com slash segments, you'll get 10% off your first month. Nice. Give it a try. It'll help. Yeah. With BetterHelp. And we're back. Um, Lisa Simpson is such an important character because it 
to me, it's kind of what separates The Simpsons from like a show like Family Guy, where it's like Lisa's the heart of the show. She's the soul of the show. She's the mind of the show. It's the way of like these smart writers to flex their intellectual muscles. And it's all filtered through this sweet eight-year-old girl. Did it feel like that important when you were auditioning for it back, gosh, when was it? 30-something years ago? 87, I think we started on the Tracy Ullman show. Um, no, at all. I mean, Lisa wasn't, she wasn't really a person until we went to Half Hour. That's right. Uh, she was just sort of a bratty sister to Bart, who was the star, because, you know, the, the Simpsons is based on Matt Groening's own family. So Bart is an anagram for brat, and that's Matt. Nice. He has a sister named Maggie, a sister named Lisa. His mother's name is Margaret, and his Homer's name, his father's name is Homer. Oh wow! I didn't and know his that. grandfather's name is Abe. Oh my gosh! Like, like grandpa. So, um, so Lisa. What a coincidence! What? <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> and there is um, a story which is apparently true and not an urban myth that. When Matt, so Jim Brooks was, James L. Brooks, our executive producer, was a big fan of Life in Hell, which is Matt's syndicated cartoon that the he's comics. had forever. The comic. With, um, with the bunny. Blinky, the, yeah, yeah, Blinky, the one-eared the one, one -eared bunny. Rabbit, yeah. And um, so Matt, uh, Jim Brooks wanted Life in Hell for these little, what we called bumpers on the Tracy Ullman show. We would do, like, I think it was three four 30-second segments or something. or f We did four segments a show, and we would tell a whole story in those four segments. And uh, Matt was then informed, as he was on his way to his meeting with Jim Brooks, that if you give them life and hell, then you no longer own the IP, right? Mm. So if the show succeeds... Um, great, you'll be, it's mailbox money, it's great, and you'll have it, yeah. but once the show is over, you won't, it won't be your livelihood anymore. And if the show fails, then your livelihood is immediately wiped out. Because they took it, stole it, and then yes. they're, they're gone. And, and we own it. They're and gone. Thank you very much. Wow. And off you go. So he, so he, in the waiting room of Jim Brooks's office, he drew the Simpsons on a napkin. What the heck? And named them after his family. Holy oh cow. God. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, no, I got this other cartoon. Yeah, uh, it's about yeah. a fucking dad named Homer and yeah. uh, Maggie, the baby. Exactly. Anyway, it'll he doesn't be funny. Talk. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> we'll figure it out uh, in 30 years, but it sounds pretty good, right? Yeah, out, really huh? good. So Lisa wasn't, um, she was just, you know, the bratty little sister until we went to half hour. And then Jim Brooks decided he wanted her to be... Um, extraordinarily brilliant super well read for and literally really, an eight yeah, year old that she would be as you say the intellect is, and she really does embody all the writers also their emotional angst growing up because they were all the biggest nerds and the smartest people in the room right and they didn't know where they fit in and so they work out all of their childhood <laughs> angst at Lisa Simpson it's yeah. a lot of responsibility yeah you're like their therapist I am it's like that that uh, episode where Bart gets really good at hockey it's like Bart gets to sit up front today because he's a good guy at sports right that's, that's like like all what they heard, all the writers heard growing up. And then That's right. Lisa takes it up, you know, at the end That's of the day, right. the nerds get their revenge. That's, of course. <laughs> but, and at the same time, though, I think in, in if you met them, you go, oh, it makes complete sense. Every, th every time they give something to Lisa Simpson, by the end of the show, they've taken it from her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whether it be a friend or a pony or an achievement. That's right. Yeah. But, like, the, the sweetest episodes were, like, the ones where, like, Lisa and Homer finally bond. Like, that's, the like, best. the shows yeah. where it's, like, oh, now it's, I'm feeling touched out of this cartoon that's, like, 95% silly. Yes. 
Um, All right, now you have to ask a small town dicks question. Um, <laughs> w- when you meet the dicks, sorry, uh, an episode. <laughs> now let's try to answer some more questions. Maybe some more stuff will come out of there. This right, one's about farting. So this one, oh. the first one's about the Simpsons. This one is more in my wheelhouse. Okay. Um, do you have a name for this lady who is in a bit of a fart crisis? <laughs> Oh. Or a shit pickle, Captain if you will. Farto. Oh, a shit Oh, yeah, El Fardo. El, El Fardo. Fardo. Okay. El, El Fardo, I like that. All right, El Fardo <laughs> writes, Holy shit, I'm in a crisis and I need your help. Last night, my boyfriend of several months and I were snuggled underneath the covers, chatting and having a good time. All was well until the most horrific, unbelievable smell hit my nose. I quickly realized it was a fart. A fart! But not just any fart. This was a colossal. I've never smelled anything before this bad in my life fart. <laughs> Both of us lost the ability to speak. Out of uh, <laughs> our, our bodies were completely frozen, eyes watering, head turning away in agony. Now, normally I would have laughed it off. However, my boyfriend and I haven't gotten to the point of being comfortable farting around each other yet. So I don't know what to say. We both just sat there trying to pretend like we weren't smelling the worst thing in the world. But that's not the worst part. The worst part is I don't know which one of us farted. I don't know whose butt it came out of. I truly have no idea. So there I was lying in the bed for the next hour trying to figure out who farted. This could be a good one for your murder mystery show. (laughs) Um, Knew it would come back. Because because here's the thing. I did have gas that night. I admit it. But I thought that that fart couldn't possibly be from me. So trying to think on my toes, I let out a quick toot outside the cover to check the status of things. And boy, oh boy, it smelled terrible. So conclusion, it could have been me. But also, it could have been him. We had the same food that night. So there isn't enough evidence to make a firm conclusion. I also don't remember farting before that smell happened. Usually I'm very sneaky, spending my butt sh- spreading my butt shakes apart <laughs> in order to create a tube effect with my anus, letting out a fart seep out silently. I cannot wow, believe the level so of thought. It's <laughs> a lot of information. It's not TMI, it's just a good amount of EMI. Uh, but I didn't do that, but I didn't do it that night. It is possible that the fart could have snuck out could, sorry, is it possible that the fart could have snuck out without me noticing? So now I don't know what to do. Get Dave and Dan on the horn. <laughs> I wish I would have said something <laughs> in this moment. And now I don't know how to bring it up again. Should I apologize? Should I point fingers? How do I broach this topic? Also, is there any way we could start farting each other around each other? I'm really tired of holding my butt cheeks apart every time I need to pass gas. He always asks me what I'm doing, and it's weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, love, El Farto. Wow, what a story. What a tale he wove. She wove. Right, she wove. I just, when I'm hearing about fart jokes, I just assume it's a man. It's sure. nice to hear one from a female perspective. Well, uh, if your relationship hasn't moved past the who farted in bed and created the Dutch oven phase yet, then perhaps it's not a relationship that's going to, um, that's longed for this world. Yeah, uh, you break the seal quite quickly. I'm just... It seems like at, at a certain point, somebody's going to fart and you're going to look at each other and you're going to giggle and go, oh, sorry. And then, it's, and then we're done. We're moving on to the next thing. Yeah. yeah I don't know. That's just me. You do have to, I think you got to do it quickly. But to me, there's like a difference between just like a loud comic fart and then a stenchy fart. Yeah. The silent like, but violence. I can break a, <laughs> like a, a horn toot into a relationship right away. Because it's funny, it's loud, it's abrasive, it's everything you want to be. (laughs) (laughs) But it's not silent and quiet and reeks of shit, which is everything you don't want to be. Is there a question in El Farto's email? Uh, The question is, do I broach the topic? Is it possible it could have been me? Oh, that's an interesting question within it. Have you ever farted and not noticed? No, I think it was was him. It was clearly him. And I... (laughs) 
you know when you fart. Unless you I forget. Think you do. Sometimes my girlfriend's like, did you fart? I'm like, oh, maybe. But it, it happens so involuntarily <laughs> that I don't remember. But like, I bet when you say maybe, then it probably wasn't you. I, no, no, I it mean, probably was me. I fart all the time, but I know every time that I do. It's almost like, did you just Same. yawn? It's like, oh, maybe I did just yawn, but I don't remember because it's so involuntary. You need to come point. back and live in the moment a little bit more yeah. here. Yeah, I'm, so I'm always on the Twitters, the Instagrams. <laughs> Farts and yawns are coming and seeping out of me. Gas could, and liquid in I every direction. I could that, working across from him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the weirder thing here than like it farting in front of him, if you're, if you're not sure that it's you. The weirder thing is to bring it up days later. Yeah. So, like, if you're trying to save face, don't do it by, <laughs> <laughs> by broaching this topic. And who knows when this question was even written. Indeed. You know, is there a like, date on that email? Yeah. August 30th, 2018. Oh, good God. Yeah. Oh, so it's a month, a full month wow. later. And they can still smell the fart. <laughs> the rumble still <laughs> roars. Echoes <laughs> off the walls. Something's been eating away at me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so should I apologize? Should I point fingers? You say just let bygones be bygones. Well, at this point, let it yeah. go. Let it go. Let it Let's not even as the fart has done. That's Indeed. beautiful. The Simpsons didn't really ever address farting. You think they would have at some point? Homer or Bart let one rip as a joke. Uh, I feel like Nancy has, uh, who does the voice of Bart. Um, you know, she does a great fart sound into yeah, her elbow. Uh-huh. I used to get in trouble imitating Bart doing that. When yeah, I was or like the, yeah. El- the armpit. So maybe as a prank. I'm, I can't remember if we've actually ever done anything where their fart was so lethal people were passing out and stuff. <laughs> That's more of a Ren and Stimpy <laughs> I don't thing. Think so. That is yeah. more family guy like. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I wonder if that was ever like a writer's code. It's like Homer doesn't need to fart. He's already dumb enough. He's he not like the kind enough. of guy. Yeah. You know, it's funny to think that I'm almost Homer's age. How old is Homer? I grew up, all right, started, The Simpsons started like when I was Bart's age, and now I'm roughly Homer's. Wait, um, Homer's 37, I believe. Or maybe Homer's 30. 37. Yeah, that's probably about right. And I'm Lisa's 35. eight, and every time she has a birthday, she turns eight, and we just don't <laughs> talk about that. Yeah, so in <laughs> theory, she go. was seven right before that birth, yeah, that episode Yeah, just for that, started. well, just for a few minutes in that episode. Yeah. You know, Are you, it, you see these Simpsons super fans, people just assume uh, that you are a Simpsons fan, but it's not necessarily the case, right? Like... You're not necessarily a fan of the show just because you're on it, right? Do you watch The Simpsons? Do you like The Simpsons? Do you consider, like, certain seasons better of The Simpsons? Or is it more of a job for you? Um, no, it's definitely, it's definitely more of a job. It's, uh, I, I guess what I don't have is an encyclopedic knowledge of our show the way some fans do, which they find incredibly disappointing. Right, because they're watching so, it a lot. You're not necessarily yes, watching it. I don't watch it to the extent that they do. I don't. Um, you know, I, like when we had, we've had a couple of Simpsons marathons, I haven't watched the Simpsons marathons. And then are there episodes that you haven't seen since you recorded? Oh yeah. Lots. So, like Lisa at the beach house. Do you know, do you remember I love the that quotes? one, the summer of four foot two. Yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic. Grown up men like Gore Vidal. And yeah. He's yeah. more boys than I have. He's, uh, there, I, I mean, at least the Simpson, I believe is one of the best female characters ever created for, yeah. Any medium, to right. be honest. She I was mean, kind of feminist of being... before it was cool. Like yes. In and the early 90s when people didn't necessarily uh, yeah, when, fight for and, that yet. And sometimes feminism, even now, is a bad word, I think. Um, I, I think less so now, and certainly with the Me Too movement, there is uh, some of the curse of being a feminist has come off as well. Yeah. But uh, I think 
there was a misinterpretation about feminism. I think people felt like, oh, you you know, you burn your bra and you hate men. Right, and the feminists are angry. Exactly. You just want to emasculate everybody who's not like you. And um, I don't think p- true feminism is that. I don't think it fits that definition at all. So Right. Um, March burns a bra. <laughs> it was, she does? Yeah, it's like a flashback. Uh, she has long hair. She's oh, like a yeah, hippie yeah. in the 70s. She burns a bra and it like combusts instantly. Right. It would, of course. <laughs> uh, all right, let's let's try to see if we can answer another question. Uh, this one is written from a man. Wait, no, another lady. Do you have another lady's name? Maybe a Simpsons character that didn't necessarily uh, become as iconic as Lisa. Oh, Maud. Maud. Maud Flanders. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> nice. You're she- good. <laughs> You're good, Blumenfeld. You're too good. Uh, they even the Simpsons even made fun of like the nerds where it's like at Comic Con it's like the guy brings up a, a continuity error that the writers don't even know about that feels like that was pulled directly from their life. Oh yeah. Um, all right, Mod writes, "Hey guys, so occasionally once or twice a year I have lucid dreams of my ex first love from many years ago." These dreams come randomly, even when I'm not thinking of him beforehand. It's so annoying because I wake up emotionally disoriented, even though I'm waking up next to my current partner, who I love with all my heart. This usually leads me to feeling that urge of social me- to social media stalk them a little. I know in my heart I do this because I'm simply curious about their life, and I have no desire to reach out or even be romantic again. What are your thoughts on social media stalking exes? Or more importantly, specifically, your first love? Is there a healthy limit, maybe once a year? Is it subconsciously harming my current relationship? Are first loves an exception to the rule? Am I a bad girlfriend? I often can't help but feel guilty occasionally doing it, even though I'm not lusting for them anymore. Thanks so much for your wisdom. Love, Maud. Maud. Uh, well, I th- see, first of all, I don't think dreams are literal. Mm-hmm. At all. I think that they're um, more often than not metaphors. And so one, and I feel like we don't have we don't have the whole story. Like, how did you and your first ex break up, right? Was it a good breakup? Was it a bad breakup? So if you're stalking your ex, my first thought is, what do you think you're missing? Or what do you think you missed? You don't think it, it can't just be pure curiosity? Like, what the yeah, hell is that Yeah, but curiosity is about something I don't know. Yeah. What? That, the <laughs> publicist is just dropping shit left and right over here. There was a funny um, moment where he dropped his phone, lifted it back up, <laughs> went to put it on the table, missed, and dropped it instantly again. <laughs> we can edit that out, but I think we should leave this description in because it's really funny. Jake couldn't help but giggle in his face. Sorry, man. You should have done it again. Over there. If, I did it tw- if I did it twice, I would have just done it three, four, five times. Start to like throw people off, and the then set. start kicking the table. Yeah. Excuse yourself, fall down the stairs, <laughs> tumble into the street, Homer style. Uh, so back to the definition of curiosity is about you need to find something out that you think you don't know. Right. So do you ever social media stalk exes? No. Never. You're no. not curious at all as to what they're up to. Uh, no. Interesting. No. That's good on you. What about you, Jacob? All the time. <laughs> I don't know, like, I guess this just speaks to a larger theme of our show where, like, this girl has had a dream about her ex and she feels racked with guilt. And she's like, I, and I looked at his Instagram. Should I do that? Should I try to do that, like, less than once a year? Meanwhile, like, I am on my phone falling into every thirst trap of, imaginable. <laughs> yeah. Every guy is looking at so much salacious shit on Instagram and <laughs> on Facebook. Digging up like, garbage. Yeah, this is... 
this is fine. I think is she clearly has it in check. I think it it but, only gets a, it's only a problem if you if you like start to pine for the guy, right? Yardley. Yes. Well, but to your point, where you said she's asking us if how many times a year? That means she's already worried that the desire is stronger than her ability to control it. Mm. And that is really the crux of the issue. What is, what's at the root of, I can't let that go. What is, what is it often? Is it something? So is it more lust than she's letting herself on to be, or can it be something else? Could there be curiosity? It's something unresolved, whether it's lust or you owe me an apology or I owe you an apology, or I'm afraid you don't like me or what any, whatever the myriad of reasons could be. Like that's why this guy's turning up in her dreams, that it wasn't like a complete breakup. There's something that needs. And why she didn't just call her best friend or even say to her current partner, go, I can't believe I dreamed about my ex. I, I don't even, I don't even like that guy or I never think about that guy or that was so weird to me. And then it's over and we don't even get this email. Yeah. Or you right. rather. Uh, have you ever so. lucid dream? Like woken up within the dream, the dream within the dream. I used to sleepwalk. <gasps> yeah. And I, um, that's scary. That shit scares the hell out of me. Well, it scared the hell out of my second husband too. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I used to laugh in my, my sleep, which was very charming. That, I would laugh and talk. I laugh had, and I had, talk. Yeah. My my wife laughs in her sleep sometimes, and it creeps me the fuck out. It creeps him out yeah. too. Yes, of course, because that's like what how horror movies start. You're like in bed alone, and then you hear like, <laughs> like that's what people do when they're about to stab you or something. Yes, exactly. Then you look over to your partner, and his eyes are just closed, or her eyes are just closed, or like maybe a little bit open, so you just see the whites <laughs> of their eyes. Is it a crack up? Is it a giggle? Is it a I think it, uh, sometimes it was a giggle and sometimes it was a full on. <laughs> oh my God. You ever, you ever dream as Lisa? Uh, no. Of course. I sense. used, to, when I, I did spend a summer in France when I was 16 and I started to dream in French, which is apparently some measure of how fluent you're getting. Wow. Yeah, I, used to talk, I have a friend that's fluent. I like always ask him like what language he's dreaming, dreaming in. in. It's, what uh, does he say? Some, he dreams in like Portuguese, Spanish, and Polish. Wow. Um, and like never English. This is Eddie who we stayed with in Lisbon. Lisbon. Yeah. Really? That's yeah. cool. That's fantastic. Really I speak is. Hebrew, but I never dream in Hebrew. You never dream in Hebrew? I would never dream of it. What a, nice. What about like when you dream of your parents? Or don't they speak to you in Hebrew? Never, ever have those two cowards seeped into my subconscious. <laughs> Because they control my every waking moment. I love my mommy and my daddy. And they don't have to be in my dreams because my they're in my life. Holy shit. And man. do they speak to you in Hebrew? Oh, all the time. Oh. <laughs> Problem is I don't understand a word they're saying oh. in my dreams. Well, no, 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 I understand. Uh. I'm fluent. I'm just being silly. Uh Thank you so much for coming by. That was that's it's been forty five minutes. If you oh can my god! It. Really? It's just flown by talking to you, gleaning your wisdom from you, and then throwing back Simpsons questions sarcastic. in your face. The no, about true. the wisdom. We don't have. <laughs> we do think you're wise. We don't normally have wise people on the show. It's usually just us. Yeah, or maybe an occasional <laughs> dumbass friend. Uh, so say the name of your podcast again. Small Town Dicks. Small Town Dicks season three is up. Is just um, has just launched now. We have two other seasons, which is a total of about twenty nine episodes. Yeah. To listen to, and you can get it everywhere you love to listen: iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. That's the and beauty of podcasts, right? 
What? You don't have to go to a specific place. Anybody can consume it on their own time and their own schedule and their That's own special exactly way. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you listen to podcasts or are you a true crime I podcast? Do. Is that I, how this started? Because you're like, oh, I love true crime. I, I love true do. crime because um, I, I was, I've been thinking about this a lot because people have asked me. And I realized, you know, every crime is, is, a, is a breach of trust. So when you lock your house at night, you feel like, well, nobody's going to break into my house, and then they do. Or if somebody that you know or you don't know, but who you assume isn't going to harm you, harms you, that's an enormous breach of trust. And society can't function without some level of trust. And so I'm fascinated. I was a really good kid. I followed all the rules. So I'm fascinated and really don't understand how you get to the point where you are willing to implement this massive breach of trust, either with somebody that you know or somebody that you don't, that would change your life immeasurably for the worse forever. Oh my gosh. I don't understand it. I'm gonna yeah. subscribe to your show now. <laughs> <laughs> you should, it's actually really good and I, I, you know, if I didn't, if I thought it was silly, I'd say it's silly, but it's really quite, it's really very beautifully done. I like me some true crime. I'm gonna check it out. <laughs> so exciting. You. Well, thank you for coming thanks by. Thanks for having me. Of course, thank anytime. Come awesome. on back whenever. Next okay. week, this week, the following week, whatever. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come. Uh, if you have your own question, Yardley, or anybody listening at home, you can send it to show at gmail.com. Send those opening and closing theme songs as well. Uh, this closing one is written by Anderson Reagan. So thank you um, to the gentleman who wrote the opening theme song. Thank you to Anderson. Thank Whose you again. Name you forgot totally, of course. right? Yeah. yeah. He wasn't on The Simpsons, so I don't even think about it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call him Armin Tenzarian, which was Principal Skinner's real name, of course. Let's play the song. Oh, okay, wow, we'll see deep. you next week, everybody. <laughs> That was a HeadGum Podcast.